What's up guys welcome back to another episode of the waiting room it's your host Alante Nicole so glad you can join me this week um, this week we are actually going to be talking about uh, singleness but not being for the week um, that's the name of the episode and what I mean by that is um, there is a certain amount of grit of determination and discipline uh, that you need I feel like in singleness in general but like specifically right now during this time like the times that we're living right now i think you have to have a certain level because it's easy to fall it's easy to to give in and it's easy it's even easier to settle so we're gonna talk about it for a second you know what i'm saying all right let's get into it Alright guys, so before we get started, I just wanted to tell you guys we're going to have a change in the lineup moving forward. So instead of me coming out with episodes every single week, we're going to do like every other week. Um, as you guys know, I've had an issue with consistency when it comes to this and we've already talked about that. So y'all know that I'm a work in progress, but uh, with um, some extra things that are being added to my plate, Right now, it's not realistic for me to come out with content every week. And I'm talking about like good content, like edifying content. You guys know I'm not trying to get on here and ramble, but I'm trying to just give you guys what God has placed on my heart, what the Holy Spirit is leading me to say, and just to be honest with, you know, what I'm dealing with. Because again, this is really like a vocal journal for me. Um, so I'll be telling you guys like some things that's going on with me and seeing how we can relate that and tie that all into uh, just our, you know, our posture when it comes to the weight. Um, so got that out the way every other week. So starting March, it's going to be every other week. So just twice a month. Um, and then also really quick, y'all, I am leading small groups at our church called Singles in the City. And it's every Sunday at 7 o'clock. Might change that time a little, like push it a little earlier because 7 o'clock is a little late for me. Um, but I will put that information in the description if you are interested. I'll also put, I'll just put my email. And then if you guys are interested, you would like for me to add you to that. Just shoot me a quick little email and I'll add you to the group. You don't have to be a member of the church or anything like that. Um, just It's just a small group 
We are just going to have discussions and just, you know, disciple one another and just fellowship and just build community. So hopefully you guys can join if you're interested. Um, if you like the content that you have here, hopefully you can um, get some some more biblical uh, knowledge and perspectives um, and also meet some, um, you know, other brothers and sisters in Christ as well. So now that the church announcements are over, let's get into this topic, y'all. So I just want to talk about how resilient you have to be like right now during this time that we're in during this pandemic this quarantine, all this stuff, um, and being single, like, I don't think, and on top of that, being single, and then also being single purposefully, okay, there's a difference when nobody wants you when you're single, but then there's, uh, you know, versus you got options, but they're not, you know, like, I don't want to say quality, because I feel so bad, but they're not, um, favorable for lack of better word they're not favorable um so there's a difference you have to be resilient that and and what I mean by that is if you're waiting if you're in the wait and you're purposeful with the relationships y'all I hope I'm saying that word right don't don't play with me don't don't uh make fun of me if I'm wrong y'all know I got a list but not working on it but I think that if you are waiting with intention to have a husband or have a wife, um, I think it's a little harder because you're not just jumping at every single opportunity. You're not jumping at every single person that comes to you or that expresses interest to you or every person that looks good on the outside, right? Or that have certain qualities like, oh, well, it seems like they'll be good, right? You're not jumping. You're actually trying to be intentional with who you give your time to, who you spend your time with, who you, you know, get to know all that good stuff. And because there are so many options out here and there are so many relationships that are out here. Now, granted, not every relationship is good. We, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors because we're not in that. But I think because of the pressure to build with somebody, um, to start a family and all that good stuff, I think it's a little harder because we're torn between what we want and what we want, what we want and what we see right now, if that makes sense. Right. It's like, it's like you're sitting at a table. It's like you're sitting at a restaurant and everybody else's food comes like appetizers come and, and, you know, people are eating and all that good stuff. And you didn't order one because you know that, you know, you just wanted that dinner. You wanted that entree. You didn't see anything on the appetizer that you wanted. You didn't want to waste any money just because everybody else was getting the appetizer. So you didn't want to waste your money. So you're waiting. Everybody appetizer's done. Boom. Now entrees are coming out. You didn't get an appetizer. And now you're the last one to get your entree. You would think you would get your entree first because you didn't have an appetizer. You are hungry as heck. You didn't even get nothing. You didn't even get a slither of nothing. So you're waiting there. Everybody else is getting their food and you're just sitting there and you're waiting and you're tempted to, you know, one of your friends ask, hey, you want to try one of my wings? And you're tempted. You're tempted to get that. You know, sometimes you do give in and you, you know, take a piece of that wing and you'd be like, oh, bet. I'm gonna get that next time. That's fire. Right. 
But this time you're just like, no, I just want my food. I don't have a taste for wings. I don't have a taste for no spinach dip. I don't have a taste for no mozzarella sticks or no boneless Jack Daniel wings. I got a taste for what I ordered and that's what I'm going to wait for. I'm going to wait for what I ordered, right? That's kind of how it feels right now. Or maybe it's just me. Like that's just how I feel right now. And I think there's resiliency in that because you're you smelling all this good food. You're seeing all of it. You, you're watching people enjoy it. You're watching people smile and all that good stuff. And you're just sitting there waiting. And you have nothing else to look at but them and their food, right? You can stare out the window, you know, if you want, if you're close to one. But if not, even if you look around other places, other you're in a restaurant, so you're going to see other people eating their food. You're going to see other people enjoying themselves. So now you have to find a, a place in your mind where you are okay while you're waiting, right? You're not getting angry. You're not getting frustrated. You're trying to, even if you are bubbling up some emotions of frustration or you're getting those hunger pains and you're starting to get that hunger attitude and stuff. You're trying to woo side because you know that it's not the waiter's fault. You know that they are trying their best, right? But you're trusting that they're going to bring you what you asked for, right? It may not have came when you want it, but you're praying that it's hot and that it's right because you don't have time to send it back. That makes sense. In my head, that makes sense. And that's how I feel. Like that's the best way I can describe my waiting room right now. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, so I say that because you have to have some form, some, some form of discipline, um, some of, of some sort, you have to have some type of discipline, some type of resiliency to make it through that, or you're going to crack or you're going to break, right? When all we see around us is all of this, all of, all of the things that we want, right? Or we were in something and it didn't work out. When all we see is is an I wish or a disappointment or whatever it is, it can discourage you and cause you to either settle or give up. And that's what we don't want. Remember, I told you guys, I want us to really change our posture. So instead of, you know, granted, there are woes with waiting. We know that. But I want to start to change our posture and looking at it in a different light, in a more effective, <laughs> productive light, right? So I really can't like begin to tell you guys the countless times like I've cried to my friends about my frustrations of being single from like talking to people to actually dating somebody and like just being met with disappointment, whether that was on their end or on mine. It, it can weigh on you. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it weighed on me before and I was sitting in my room um, for a couple of days just really thinking about it and also reading another chapter of the seven myths of singleness by uh, Sam Alberry. I came to realize like five key things I wanted to talk about today. Um, so the first thing was singleness isn't some mystical place that we reside in until we get our desire until we get to like our desired destination. So what I mean by that is I think that at least for me, I was looking at singleness as a pit stop now, granted, it is a temporary, a temporary state for me. I know that for me, it's a temporary state. And for you, I feel like if you have that desire, if that desire is in you, it's a temporary state. But I was looking at it as a temporary state. So I wasn't trying to get comfortable. I wasn't trying to learn. I wasn't trying to unpack 
anything here. I wasn't trying to get certain things out of here. I was trying to like really just focus on what's to come. And I think there's a danger in that um, because I don't think that God gives us anything or offers us anything without it being attached to some type of lesson, to some type of of teaching, to some type of revelation, right? To some type of um, um, uncovering. So it's, it's like right now, I think that if you are in this weight, if you are in your single, your single season, I think that it's important to find out what it is you need to learn from this, right? And I say this, so in the Bible, we hear about, you know, singleness, uh, Paul talks about singleness being a gift. And Paul talks about how he wished everybody was like him being single because there are certain obligations that come with being married that you are not privy to as a single person. And I think that these advantages that we have as being single are often overlooked because singleness, again, is looked at as the absence of something, right? Um, the definition of being single is an unmarried person. And um, in the book, he talked about how we don't define married people as an unsingle person. Granted, the word doesn't sound right, but but just look at it. We don't we don't have we don't compare the two uh, synonymously like that. And that gives singleness a negative light. So in knowing this, we have to like really be conscious of, okay, if singleness is supposed to be a gift, right? If it's supposed to be a gift, that means I need to unwrap it, right? Granted, there may be time there. I'm sure there were gifts that you didn't like that you got from other people. There were gifts that I didn't like that I got from other people, but look who gave it to us. Like God gave his son to us as a gift, right? He gave his son to die for our sins, to give us another chance, to give us the inheritance, right? To allow us to really get a bunch of stuff we didn't deserve. I mean, if I'm I'm just trying to keep it short and simple and not be preachy, like I'm trying to choose my words wisely, um, but... I think that when it comes to singleness, we've heard it being a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift so much from our pastors, from our from our teachers, um, evangelists, right? From, you know, the elders and all this other stuff. We heard it being a gift. But nobody really explained to us what makes it a gift, right? And I'm not going to explain it to you guys because I haven't studied that part yet. But I think that that's something that you should study. What makes singleness a gift? So, like, that's my, I guess, homework or question to you guys um, to seek out. I'll be seeking it out for myself, but I, I really pose that question to you guys. Like, what makes it a gift? What is good about singleness? And I'm not saying it to be ignorant or to be or to sound, um, what's the word, ungrateful of where I am. But really just to combat my negative thoughts. What's good about it? You know, I I have the freedom to go as I please. And some of you that are single with kids, you don't necessarily have that. You, Or maybe you do. If you do, praise God. But for those of us that are single, you know, kids and stuff like that, it's like we don't, 
we don't have any we don't owe anybody anything we're grown we don't we don't have to answer to anybody we can come and go as we please we can plan like we want we can be as spontaneous as we want we can dedicate all of our time to you know to god to our gifts to our work to our passions to our businesses like different things like that married folks don't have that they 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 have to (laughs) tend to their husband or their wife they have to tend to their family you know, and some things get lost in the sauce. So that's just one thing, you know, one way to look at it um, instead of looking at what you can't do or what you don't have and learning to be present in the moment. So like one thing that I'm starting to grab hold of and to really, really embrace is, which I never thought I would get to this, y'all. I never thought I would get to this place. Like, I feel like I found the house that I want in the community of contentment remember i told you guys i was on the street now i feel like i've been walking around looking for a while but i found the house that i want haven't moved in yet but i found the house that i want when it comes to contentment but i'm getting there so i just want to let y'all know my progress um but i'm starting to embrace where i am meaning embrace the freedoms that i have and take full advantage of those freedoms right? Full advantage. I want to go on a trip. I'm planning for a trip. I want to save this money. I'm saving this money, right? I want to buy this car cash. I'm buying this car cash. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the little things that I'm looking at and I'm really starting to appreciate because I know one day I won't have that. Not saying that, you know, marriage is a whole prison you know what i'm saying there are some good things about marriage some very very good things about marriage just like there are some very very good things about singleness but on the flip side there are some negatives to both and instead of focusing on something that i'm not even in i.e marriage but focusing on what i'm in now i.e singleness that has freed up my mind so uh, of so much anxiety of so much bitterness so much resentment um I just can't explain it. It's, it's been it's been lovely. Like it's been lovely. I haven't I haven't found myself going down a rabbit hole of sorrow because of my singleness, and that's because I'm embracing where I am in the present, not looking at you know what I'm saying ahead. You know, granted, I'm preparing to be a wife. I, I mean, I'm already a wife, but I'm preparing to be that helpmeet for somebody else. So making sure that I have healthy habits, right? That goes with communication, that goes with um, my actions, that goes with my reactions, right? Making sure my problem-solving skills are good, my organizational skills are good, making sure that I'm developing myself as a woman, right? So I'm not codependent on somebody else. Even when I do become one with someone, they're not my life, right? So those are things that I have been looking at. So I'm going to get off uh, number one, but that's that's why I want to share with you guys on that. Number two, um, a revelation I had was being single. Um, takes grit. I'm just going to, yeah, takes grit. Um, and I say that takes grit because you have to be... I love using this word because it's so true, but you have to be consistent and determined no matter what comes your way. 
So I'll just give myself as as an example. So um, there was this guy that slid into my DMs recently and just gave me like a compliment, a very, very nice compliment. I said, thank you. You know what I'm saying? And, and talk to him for a second, of course, because he was cute, right? Um, if he was ugly, he definitely wouldn't have got <laughs> as much as ten- attention as this one got. But, and that's so bad to say, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And I'm talking about like, but, but ugly. Like, you look dusty. Like, I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Um, but... We were talking, everything like that. I'm, you know, I'm getting to know his character pretty fast, um, which is interesting. Um, and this guy is very intentional. He knows what he wants. He knows what he desires. He told me how he desires a wife, how he doesn't rush into relationships because he doesn't date to date. Like, he dates to marry. Like, he's a relationship person. He's very intentional with... You know, who he gives his time to. Great stuff, right? Um, Well-established man, definitely. Um, No children. 34. College graduate, y'all. Good job. Like, nice. Nice looking, clean, cool. Um, But conversation came up about religion. Um, Not Actually, not religion. Just in general. It was just... He made a remark. He made a couple remarks um, regarding it. So we were talking and he was like cussing a whole lot. Like every single word out of his mouth was a cuss word, y'all. Now, if you know my history, cussing is very triggering for me because I grew up in a very like verbally well abusive period, a very abusive household. And cussing was very prominent, like very heavy so it triggered it triggers me um it makes me uneasy um and when I hear that from a man and I'm thinking about even if I'm talking to somebody I'm thinking is this somebody that I can feel safe around right not just physically but emotionally and I was like dang I was like boy you cuss a lot he was like yeah he was like what he was like what you a a a a deaconess or something or a, a minister or something like don't be trying to change me. I'm I'm 34. It's 34 years of stuff. I ain't about to be going down there praying with you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa. That came out of nowhere. Definitely wasn't even trying to go down that road. But thanks, homie. Like, thanks for letting me know. And I could have kept, like, kept entertaining him, kept him around, right? I just got off the phone. And, y'all, I ain't giving my number. We talked through ig like facetime ig i i ain't giving out my number unless like i'm really feeling you but i just got off i got off like i'll you know talk to you later now i could have went i could have went there with him but i also figured i should protect my peace at this point because one i don't have time to argue morality with people and I'm not saying he's not moral but for me that's a character flaw because if I'm telling you like if I'm if I'm just saying something like dang you cuss a lot I that's all I said if I'm just making simply making an observation and you get that defensive over it and then you start talking about like you start getting religious about it like he started stereotyping now not saying I couldn't date somebody that cussed I'm not saying that at all but what I'm saying is when 
you bring something to somebody's attention um, and they get super, super defensive, and especially when they go down that road, you pretty much, you pretty much know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying I'm, I'm 30. Just like he said, he's 34. He's not changing. He's, he's very stuck on his ways, whatever. That's fine. But for me, it's a non-negotiable, like, I just didn't, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel good. I'll put it that way. I didn't, I felt very, very uneasy. And when I say y'all, when I say every single word, like every other word, every other word was nothing but cussing. It's just general conversation. Like it just made me so uncomfortable y'all. Like I did not, I did not feel like covered. And I know like for me, when I'm, when I'm interested in a guy or when I'm like wanting to, you know, date a guy and not saying that, you know, every guy would be like this, but like, at least for me, because of where I know I'm going and what God has for me and from what I saw, um, there's just a certain kind of man I have to have. It, it just is. I mean, I carry myself a certain way and I expect my husband to carry himself a certain way. I'm not perfect by no means. Um, and I don't expect perfection, but there are some foundational things that I desire in a husband, in a mate, in a friend, you know what I'm saying? Before we even go that route. So I say that to say that I show grit, like I could have entertained this man to the point where we continue talking, we continue building whatever we're building and possibly, you know, get in a relationship with this guy and settle. Because, one, he was complimenting me constantly. Who doesn't like that? Come on now. Two, he paid attention to what I said I needed. When we had certain conversations, he paid attention to it. Now, he didn't pay attention to that. Lord bless him. Um... But I don't know, when you get spiritual, when you start talking about God and and making a mockery of going down and praying and all that stuff, that just turns me all the way off. I'm sorry. It just does. It does. Like, there's no, there's no hope in that point. Like, there's no hope because I don't have time to, I don't, I don't have time to try and, um, I don't want to disciple my husband to the point where, like, I'm bringing him to Christ. Like. You can have a relationship and that can be in whatever stage it's in. But like, I don't want to have to bring you to Christ. Because <laughs> that's just, that's just too much work. That's just too much work. I'm sorry. And that could be controversial, but. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And I was having a conversation with my friend about that. Is I'm going to get off that because I could be on that for a while. Um, yeah. So boom. What I'm saying is you have to know what your boundaries are or what your non-negotiables are and just stick to them. Like, just don't settle. If you want to settle, that's fine. But you know in the pit of your stomach, you know in your spirit when something just does not feel right. So listen to it. Don't just keep going or dismissing it because you have somebody in your face now, because you have somebody to text every day, somebody to call every night, because you have somebody to like you know, entertain and, and to occupy your space. Don't do that because 
at the end of the day, you're going to end up wasting time because what your gut was telling you in the beginning is going to reveal itself regardless. So just keep that in your head. The third one was singleness is something that should be desired. And what I mean by desired is, I mean, appreciated. Appreciate where you are. Appreciate what God has entrusted you with. I'm not saying that you have to be content. I'm not saying that you have to be, um, you know, okay, because those feelings of not being okay, those feelings of being frustrated are going to be there. And that's completely valid. But what I'm saying is appreciate where you are. And with appreciation comes acceptance. It comes, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Engagement, right? You engaging in your season, right? Being present in your season, meaning you're you're an active participant. You're not just sitting there letting things happen to you, but you're being active in your way. So that's what I wanted you guys to get. Um, and that activeness, that active, might look different for everybody, right? It could be working on yourself. It could be improving. It could be mending things. It could be owning up to things. It could be exercising it could be going out and dating but watching out for those red flags and avoiding those pitfalls that you were once in before right there we go the fourth one was how you view singleness is a direct reflection of how you view yourself and i say that to say this if you are detesting your singleness because your singleness it is who you are for right now you're a single person, right? What remember what they always tell us in working out in school in sports, what you put in is what you get out. So what you put into your singleness is what you're going to get out and project, meaning that is what is going to cover you. That is what is going to be viewed when people see you, right? If you don't like it, if you're bitter, if you're angry, if you're jealous, whatever it is, that's going to show. It's going to show whether you say something or not. It's going to show all of your face. It's going to show your actions. It's going to show in your achievements or lack thereof. And also, for those of you that, and I know this because I've, I've had, I currently have friends that have this issue, your view of singleness you're detesting it, like hating it because you don't like to be alone. Meaning you do not like yourself. You do not love yourself and you need that validation for somebody else. Now this, this right here, what I'm saying may not be for everybody. And I know it's not for everybody, but I know that it's for some people because of the conversations I have. So if you're viewing singleness as this detestable, this, this detestable thing, this, 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 unbearable place and you desperately need someone to be in your face to be in your ear to be in your phone to be in your space whatever it is you have an issue with being alone and you don't like to be alone because you don't like to be alone with your thought with your thoughts with your dreams with with your emotions with your feelings right and that's a problem because that that's codependency. That's addiction. And that's unhealthy. 
So I would say work on that. If you identify that that's you, go to therapy and work that out. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be married to a child. Nobody wants to be married to somebody that's like, I can't live without you. Like, that's crazy, yo. Because one day you're going to have to. Or they're going to have to live without you, right? Or, you know, it's just, it's just unhealthy. So I say, take your butt to therapy. Talk to some friends. Talk talk to your leaders or whoever, your mentor or whoever. And get that under control now because you want to have a healthy. I want everybody that is on this podcast is listening to have a healthy marriage, to have a, a fruitful marriage, to have a beautiful marriage. Like... I know nothing's perfect. I know that. I know that there will be issues. I know that there will be problems that arises. And I know that we can't foresee every single thing. But in all, I want people, I want us to be the generation that kills divorce. Like divorce will, like it's, it will not happen with us. That's my prayer for y'all. So the last thing I wanted to point out was we have the perfect example of how to live single in the Bible. If you are struggling and you subscribe to the faith, right? If you are struggling with how do I live single, read your word. Read your word. Start with Romans. Start with Romans and start with and, and then start with 1 John chapter 4. Romans is the basic fundamentals like of, of our faith. It, you know, Paul is really outlining everything of of how you should act, you know, and, and being he's being very honest with, you know, our temptations and the evil that lies within us. And first John talks about just how Jesus, you know, is the son of God and how Jesus came to die for our sins and how much God loved us that he gave his only son. And it's really just reiterating the love that God like God is love. He's reiterating the love, the love that we desire from other people. We have all of that right there with him. So walking in that, learning to to continue to meditate on that will fill the voids that we're trying to fill with other people. Because every hole that we have, every void that we fill should be filled first before we go and seek out or accept somebody else. And just look at the life of Jesus. Look how he walked it out. He minded his business and he was about his father's business. He was he was about kingdom work. And that's what we should be doing. And it may not look the same as your neighbor, as your homegirl, as your homeboy. And that's fine because we're a body and we can't do the same thing or the body won't work. We all have a place. We all have a purpose. We all have a peace that we are responsible for. A mechanism that we are in charge of and you got to identify what that is right so that's all I have for you guys um, I pray that this helped I pray that this was edifying and that this opened up some conversations for you and the people that are around you all right so I will talk to you guys in two weeks I pray that you have a blessed week and weekend. I pray that you have a fruitful, fruitful week um, and weekend. And um, peace out until next time.